Hey everyone, it's Dario from AfterBuzz TV. Buying a car can be a stressful experience, but TrueCar is changing car buying forever. Yes, TrueCar helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. You know, last month over 45,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network, and TrueCar.com users save an average of 3,046 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And third step is simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. I know I had one. Some features are not available in all states. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. You know they save time, they save money, and you never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Graceland After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Graceland After Show. Oh, here it comes. You know what that means, guys. We are back at AfterBuzz TV for another Graceland After Show for this episode of Graceland tonight. It was season two, episode two, entitled "Connects." I am your host, Stephen Lemieux, joined today by my amazing co-host of the years, Stephanie Georgie. Hey, y'all! This is a great episode filled with a lot of inside information, a character lot. development, a little bit of like foreshadowing for what we're going to be seeing some, from some characters, mm-hmm. and just kind of setting the tone for this whole season and right. where it's going to go and how dark it can and probably how, get. Yeah, exactly. The potential is definitely there. So um, we we open up with uh, Mike and Briggs on the beach, mm-hmm. and of course we saw from the previews last week that Briggs was going to end up in Mexico. This is just basically setting that mm-hmm. up. It's talking about how Briggs is going to sit down with the Casa Cartel and try to figure out what's going on because obviously the people who kidnapped Mike were not members of the Casa. Right. So the Casa wants to know just as much as, as uh, Mike does who these people are because they're impersonating them and trying to draw heat to the Casa Cartel. Right. So they agree to sit down with Briggs, but it's like, Briggs is going back to Mexico is like dangerous. Absolutely, because it's fair game. And I think it's funny that he's talking to Mike and he says, yeah, I'm leaving tonight. And then the next scene is that same day and Briggs is already in Mexico. And it's like, so you lied about that, Briggs. You ain't going tonight. You want Mike to not tell Charlie and you're leaving during the day. Right. Which was, it's technically kind of the right thing to do, especially if you don't want anyone to get hurt. We all know how they like to rush to rescue and get into everything. So I don't know. I mean, Briggs... Loki knows what he's doing mm-hmm. all the time. I've noticed with this season two, this episode especially, they are using the TV and the radio a little bit more with mm-hmm. um, basically newscasts broadcasting information for the viewer to hear. Right. So one of them was the radio was talking about a crackdown on the Casa Cartel by joint fronts of the American FBI as well as the mm-hmm. DEA and everyone 
with alongside the Mexican uh, politicos, whatever, who is in charge doing that. Right. So it's kind of like a joint crackdown. So right now we have the Casa Cartel who would definitely want this heat off their back that Briggs can provide with his sway. Which is so funny that they are showing that they're um, that it's being known within the community as well. And mm-hmm. it's not just Graceland. You know how a lot of times it's, there's things that are under nose that we don't even know about? Apparently everyone knows about this. Well, what's, what's interesting <clears throat> to this as well is if they're going to bring everyone into it and mm-hmm. everyone's involved in a way, I'm wondering how they'll use the media in the future. Right. Because it can the media can be used to change someone's opinion of somebody else. It can be used to make to somebody... To set things up, to make things seem a certain way when they shouldn't be, to fool people for who are following it, you know? To establish a cover for someone as well. Exactly, because the media is technically their, mutu- their, um, their common source mm-hmm. that they have, you know, between each other, between all of them. But you also look back at last season where the media almost broke the cover of Briggs because... Mm-hmm. He had to say that he was an actor in a film, so they would stop guessing where he was, uh, where he was from. Right? No, I've seen you before exactly. somewhere because they broadcast Briggs as an agent on TV. Yeah. So that was it's kind of cool to see how they're using it in a good way. So um, we'll go and break through some some of the we'll break through like the solo Briggs stuff. Let's talk about Briggs and uh, his Juan video because I want to get mm. through that stuff before we move on to Mike because everything else is fairly interconnected except for Dale Jakes, right? Which will also break it's an down. entire different thing. Oh my goodness! Go ahead. I was right about Dale. Oh my god, in a bad way. Um, <laughs> so Briggs is basically he's he's driven to this middle of cornfield, dropped off. With his head covered, nowhere, right? Always something going on, and he doesn't know where he is. So he hears this bell ringing, and he's like, "What the hell is that?" Walks over. There's this nice little house, little goat tied up to it. He doesn't go in the house, but you know, he sits down, pets the goat a little bit. You know, that goat was cute. It was, it was a cute little itty bitty goat. Cute goat, and uh, then a big uh, truck starts pulling up, and a gin- okay, guys, this guy. I don't know who the actor is. I didn't have time to look it up. He looks so much like a mix between Jimmy Smith's. And the guy who played Gomez from Breaking Bad. He looks I like a per- I didn't watch Breaking Bad. Oh, he looks like a perfect mix. And listeners, tweet me if you disagree. But he looks like a perfect mix. I, I swear to God, I thought it was Jimmy Smith at, the, at, at first. Anyway, we find out he's Señor Armas. Armas. Señor Armas. Which actually is Alfredo Armas, which we find out from the radio mm-hmm. right after that. Um, And he walks up to Briggs, looks him in the eye, and just says, we'll talk. And then pulls out a knife and cuts the goat's neck right Right? there. So casual, which that's like sending a message itself also, meaning multitasking and to see how, look it, this is nothing for me. Not even a blink of an eye. Well, it's also a culture thing because because this is like the guy. Like Briggs is just kind of dumbfounded that it's Mm -hmm. the guy. Like he knows he's getting hooked up with higher ups in the Casa Cartel. This is Alfredo Armas, who they even talk about, they say it on the news in the next scene where they're like, this is the head of the cartel. This is who they're looking for. Yeah. And it's kind of funny how you see how the, he's this head of the cartel, but he's at this small little shack. Yeah. And it's just like a getaway for him, probably a meeting place. Oh, I'm sure. And to us, the viewer, him slaughtering the goat is a sign of like a threat. Yeah. But in that culture, I'm assuming, and in, in, I'm I'm sure like from cartel to cartel, slaughtering a goat is like a sign of and the fact that they're cooking the goat, they're eating together. It's a sign of like mutual um, friendship right. in a way. And to kind prepare of, the food together. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a it's kind of like, OK, this is a meeting. It's among people who are not going to kill each other yeah, right I now. I guess I didn't see, view it that way. I, it's but that's such a brilliant writing technique right. because no, no, from the course, viewer because perspective. It's very yet subconsciously that's what's being understood, though. 
Because like, the first thing you see is a knife and exactly. an animal being slaughtered right. in front mm-hmm. of Briggs. So I thought that was a really interesting scene. It plays on a lot of the emotions of the viewer, but if you look at it deeper, it's kind of like, okay, so this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me jump down here to Briggs talking to him. Do, 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 do. So he's sitting at a table talking to Armas, and Armas just literally comes out and is like, I don't like what you do. I know. I don't like what your people do. I don't know why I'm putting on a British accent. I know, for that. but it's okay. Um, he says you you pretend to be somebody else to get what you want done done, mm-hmm. and then Briggs counters with, "Well, you had Jangles pretending to see or Jingles pretending to be somebody he wasn't, right? To get that done." And Armas just says, "I uh, didn't like Jingles. You know, he's a friend, but he doesn't open up to any. He didn't open up to anyone. He kept his secrets and." You can't trust somebody who keeps their secrets like that, because he was so far, he was so to Cut himself, it, right? So, Which, because he had remember that setup with the music and everything when he was getting ready for it. Mm-hmm. That was that was like serial killer things. That was like psychological yeah. things. That's what he meant by that. He's like, oh, I knew him, but and keeping the keys, there was a lot wrong with him. Keeping the trophies, serial killer type. No, stuff. absolutely, and it's all psychological, and it's like that. It's like a like an itch to them, you know. So that was weird. So Armas basically says he's like, "Look, I didn't, I didn't set a hit on Mike. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it." And Briggs and is like, "Okay, well, tell me who did it." And he says, "If I find out, you'll be the first person to know." But in return, we want the heat off the Casa Cartel, and that's what Briggs is offering because right. Briggs is also working with his higher ups as well to get this meeting done. Mm-hmm. And I love this line, guys, and this is probably my favorite line in the episode. Uh, um, Armas says to Briggs. If Roosevelt can sit with Stalin, anything's possible. Right. So, you know, it's just kind of like a, okay, great. So they are actually, it it seems like Armas is genuine in what he's trying to accomplish because if he can, if he can work with somebody like Briggs, I mean, they hate each other. Like Briggs. Yeah, but Armas is also the head of the cartel, meaning he's he's more, exactly. He's more than capable of doing it. He knows how to talk to people. He knows how to manipulate people. And at the same time, all of these people who are like, for instance, um, an example, Pablo Escobar, they were, they started with trying to help out. So they do gain the respect and the appreciation and the loyalty of others. So that's why they have that bit of humbleness. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, they're a little bit twisted too, because otherwise they wouldn't be behind the bad part of everything. Oh, you know, the drugs and the killing. And just because they feel like they're doing something better. It's like, no, you're not Robin Hood. Relax. Fall back. Leaders are always charming. In front of the scenes and behind That's the scenes, they're they... OD. They're doing too much. I know, right? So, um, cutting back, we get a uh, we get a scene with. Um, well, of course, Charlie's pissed that he went to. I mean, Mike is oh, not. Yeah, Mike has a terrible poker face for an undercover agent. And like I said, in Mexico's fair game, they just they he went there without anybody's backup. Like, what is, what's going to happen? And they've already been through too much. So Charlie asks everyone, and of course, Mike's like. It's like nice poker face, Mike. Um, she finds out, and they're just kind of freaking out. She's pissed off. She storms out right when Briggs calls, mm-hmm. and Briggs meets her at the tattoo parlor while she's doing her cover. So right now, Charlie's undercover at a tattoo parlor. We haven't really gotten the storyline. I'm guessing next episode we're probably going to get yeah. a lot more in-depth with what Charlie's doing at this tattoo parlor. Well, because, and also the way she was dressed, she's a chola. Oh, yeah. So she's clearly someone who like used to gangbang or something like that or has done time or juvie or whatever you want to say. She's looking fine with that bandana, though. She was. She was looking mad cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> damn, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't F with her. 
So Briggs shows up to her to her undercover, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a that's kind of a no 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 no. But like, right. so he he's trying to sell it to Charlie. He's like, look, like this is I had to do this because this case is going to bring us out of this funk that we've all been in at Graceland mm-hmm. ever since our last case and everything. And of course, everyone's in a funk since the undercover thing went south and and everything with Juan Bedil. I think this all comes back to that why there's no secrets in Graceland because it's not like just a regular house where you can have your secrets because technically it's your privacy, but because of what they're doing, it's a life or death situation and it, when it creates tension, it creates distraction and when distractions there, they mess up and then people get hurt. And so mm-hmm. that's why it's so important because they all have to be on the same page and need to communicate. And like clearly you can see this happening because Charlie freaks out and then she does too much. And then now everything's falling apart just because they're not communicating. Well, it'd be nice to see them all on the same page, but that's it looks like it's, it looks it's, like it's, it's just Mike trying to be on so that page. Because everyone's so sensitive and that's exactly. I was making a joke. Oh. All on the same page. I got Mike's it. I, on that yeah, page. got yeah. it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, uh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you, Ben in the booth. Whatever. Um, so, Charlie gives Briggs the folder <laughs> of what she's been doing at night because Briggs confronts her. He's like, well, what yeah. have you been doing? You've been escaping this every night. This is what night. I've been doing. And he looks at it and he's like, oh, sh- Nike. And the next scene, he's immediately at Dale Jakes' new apartment. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Dale Jakes knows everything. Right. Of course, his I mean, we knew he knew a little bit, like, to cover, but I didn't know No, he knew, because that's, that's his boy. So, he, he's like, is this going to come back on me? Because mm-hmm. Char- Charlie's No, look- he wasn't even, is this going to come back on me? He was like, this isn't going to come back on me. I helped you because you needed it, you take care of it, or you take the fall for it, because I'm not going down for it. Good for him. Because yeah. that's some baby back bull. Yeah, right? So, it's Kelly Badillo. 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 Uh, Charlie's been staking her out, and uh, Jake's is worried he's going to get the fall. He gets serious, and he, it's it's great how you have when you have an actor that ha- can do the scene before yeah. and stay in the scene. Because uh, for a scene like that, he could have just broken character right afterwards. But the fact that we get this nice scene of after Briggs leaves, mm-hmm. he's just looking around the room and he's like looking at everything that he could lose. Right? If, oh, absolutely. And it's still his big dream. Like he's still in his mind at this point. And in the it was episode. almost like a. a- as if he had a little bit of doubt, like, oh, my God, at the same time, this is the reason why this never happened, because of situations just like this. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I feel – God, I feel so sorry for Dale Jakes right now. I know. Um. So, yeah, Kelly Bedillo. And then uh, – so Briggs and Charlie – Charlie's staking out Kelly right now, mm-hmm. and Briggs just walks up and gets in the car. And it's, it's interesting because at this point we kind of think that – I mean, the viewer kind of thinks that Charlie is trying to figure out what happened to Juan still, or like mm-hmm. she doesn't think that um, Jangles killed Juan Badillo. Exactly. Because she says that like Juan didn't kill her. Yeah. And Briggs but, is thinking like, crap, and it's she funny still because thinks- she says it so real when she was speaking metaphorically. Yeah. That was nuts. Um, no, yeah, and it's funny because she really, she really is that character, and it was. I like that she said, "Well, what else? What do you think? Guilt." And all she's doing is just trying to look out and seeing what she did, which kind of blows my mind because, honestly, it is a part of her job. I don't want to call it unprofessional, and I don't want to say it's inhuman because 
it would be inhumane to not have those because it's natural. But at the end of the day, you chose it. And there's at one point in your life where they train you not to be that way. The same way they do the military. What do you think boot camp is for? They have to put you in a place where it's not going to affect you the way naturally it would. And it is what it is. Yeah, but Charlie's been going through some a whole some lot. I mean, no, but she has to check herself again. This is how people fall apart, and that's when you start messing up is when you're not focused. That's very, very true. So she says that she killed Juan. She feels super guilty. Um, and then she gives this really deep statement. She's like, "People stay hurt. Mm-hmm. Like people don't get better. People stay hurt. Yep. They just hide it. Right. And then we t- we hear that, um, which is perfect too, because Briggs is like still hurt. Oh from, yeah, you know, even from Gra- from Graceland one. That's some, yeah. Graceland Mark one. Um, so Kelly is being, she fell back on the wagon. Juan had helped her off the wagon, right. which we kind of get a different side of Juan here in that, like all we saw of Juan was that he was kind Just, of an ass. And he had his own life, his own issues. Cause an alcoholic, that's a lot, especially to like, when a man loves a woman. Yeah. Right. To get her, same thing. Like, to help her that's off that. That's a lot of work. Yeah. And then, like, as as a father and everything, and now his son's falling apart, oh, um, so his sad. wife's kind of falling back on the wagon. It is super sad. So that's kind of what's going on there. And then later we get um, Briggs, Briggs alone. In. He's he's alone. He's watching Kelly. He's like, well, because he needs Kelly to get better so that Charlie can relax. It's it's kind of selfish though. Because he's doing it for himself too. Oh, of course. Because oh, he absolutely. sees that and he's only doing it for himself. And he's not, he's not helping Kelly out of the goodness of his heart because he says, you gotta just forget about this. Right. But the fact that she's holding on to it, he's like, all right, I have to get involved. So he stakes out her. She's buying alcohol and he just puts on Crazy. undercover bricks. Did you see that? I know. And the way that it worked, like, he didn't skip a beat. Or excuse me, that entire certain situ- scenario didn't skip a beat. It was perfect. Well, Wait, I th- don't. I think the most interesting thing about somebody putting on something like that to lie to somebody else in this situation is that we all have these misconceptions about ourselves Mm -hmm. that when we introduce ourselves to someone, they know so much more about us than we, than they really do. We assume they know so much about us and that's what holds us back from taking on these different personas. Right. So you look at Briggs who can automatically just go into something else and he can do it so convincingly because he's just like, Oh, Oh yeah. I'm sorry. For a second I was confused. You're saying that we assume that people know about us when they don't. Yeah, we assume. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Because how quick it was, he didn't even, he said like two, a couple of things and it just switched everything and she yeah. fell for it. And it's, he was using real things, like he right. was using his own real experience. Of course, experience that's why it worked. But regardless, had you researched that and figured out that that's how it went? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing. So uh, she says two drunks off the wagon, make it six days, I'll get you coffee. So she's three days off the wagon. I mean, she's three days On sober. Wa- right. But... He says it's five and he picks up a bottle of liquor and she's like, yeah, make it six. Let's try to go one more day yeah. without getting ourselves some shwasted. And let's let's keep Briggs off the wagon while he mm-hmm. lies to you and helps you off the wagon to serve his own interests. Mm-hmm. So they go to a coffee. They grab coffee somewhere. This is kind of like a little bit of the ending of this story with Briggs. And he's grabbing coffee with her. And that's kind of like how... I wonder if that'll be the end of the story with her. Probably not, because... Oh, no. Oh, man. No, 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 I no, I know, but it's just... its I almost feel like it's unnecessary. What else are they going to have to... Oh, my God. About? You don't know? I mean... Okay. I know, big guy. Relax. I'm sorry. They're setting this up. They're setting this up I for... know they are. Dark, dark, dark season of Graceland. Oh, it's going to be so terrible, because she's going to have to know... Let's start wearing... I'll, I'll start wearing black again. She's going to have to know who he is mm-hmm. after that tape comes what out. What do you do? Exactly. And she's going to have to testify against him. And then uh, it's 
That's going to be messed up. All right, so let's rock through Jake's real quick um, before we get into like the main stories from mm-hmm. this episode. So I was right about I was right last week. I'm just like he's getting his hopes up. He's getting his hopes up, and it's going to go so bad. And she did. But you know what's even worse? Ooh, I just wanted to hit her because I get that he was her like she, he was harassing, but really that much that you felt like you couldn't do something between the two of you and like figured it out and or. Had done it legally, like you had to have someone. Well, I don't understand why she had to set him up. Like, did she, just because he had the law on his side, it was just that was a you know lot. that sucks, and that was a low blow. It's an interesting situation which you got to look at both sides of, because from her perspective, this is a guy who knocked her up and then said he didn't want to be a part of this child's life. Right. And then nine years later, now he suddenly wants to be a part of her life, and he's a cop, and. He's using his experience as a cop to get closer to the guy she's dating. I know, you're right. Oh my gosh. Lying to him it and then sucks. showing up at the door and trying to trying to get him back in his life, messing up her relationship, possibly confusing her son, and it's just he's not taking no for an answer. So it's kind of interesting because honestly it makes it look so much like oh, she's such a bitch for doing this. What a what a bitch. But when you really look at it, it's like Dale's just—he's kind of become—he's becoming like, it should have, like that should have been—he should have known that was going to happen. It was inevitable. He's becoming delusional to what was actually going on because he's just—he's—he has this like happy place in his mind that he thinks everything's going to be butterflies and buttercups and right. it ain't working. Yeah. So last episode, he had been all set up like, oh, he gets this apartment, he gets everything, he sets up this room, he shows Briggs the room with all the soccer equipment, everything set up for his son, and he shows up to the door. In a suit, looking all nice and stuff. She answers. She's like, this isn't going to go down. Derek is right there, her boyfriend now. Um, uh, and when he said, when Daniel said, Dad, and I thought he was talking, I thought I was like, oh, he knew he knows That Jake's? was crushing. That was. That was absolutely crushing. So basically, she says there's a restraining order. Cops are inside the apartment because he had told her when he's coming by. Mm-hmm. And cops are there. They drag him to the ground, handcuff him right in rap. front of his son. That's a wrap for Dale. Like, now what, what's Jake's going to go through? Who knows? Well, the thing the thing about the scene that is so heartbreaking is you th- your first instinct is, oh, my God, this kid seeing his dad be arrested. Right. And then And then wasn't... you realize that it's just a guy being arrested to the kid. Uh-huh. And then you connect more with Brando or Brandon J. McLaren's character. And you're just like that. Just hurts even more. Oh, sure. That to 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 your kid, you are just another man on the ground being handcuffed. In fact, in front of the he's house. afraid of you right now because you're being handcuffed, and he he needs to get to his father. And then he just yells, you. "I'm your real father." I'm your father, son. I'm your father, son. Damn. Cheeks. <laughs> the scene, man. That was so sad. I know. That scene killed. It killed. And then the next scene, he's just like alone in his room crying with a baseball bat in a kid's room. room. But again, that kind of shows where his mental state at is that he's not really ready for. That's what I thought, too, because honestly, I was really hoping that he would have opened the door, taken a look at everything and then just shut it like, well, this isn't going to happen for a while. Or at least have like a sense of not giving up. But the way he did, it, it really honestly, yeah, when he started destroying everything, I was like, man, you ain't got time for that. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, he's got, I mean, honestly, if he ever wants a relationship with his son, I think it's like, wait till he's 18, bro. Yeah. Nine more years, because... Or at least, like, in high school. Like, I don't I don't know why I get, 
I don't know. Dang, she just pisses me off. I understand why you wouldn't want your child, like, when they were younger, like, younger to stay with your father if you felt like you needed to raise them first. But I feel like she should have been confident of her son. Like, okay, I raised him very specifically. Now anything that he learns is going to be afterwards. He knows how it is. He well, knows like, who's been there for him in th- the beginning. There's a time when you can tell your kid that, like, you know who his father is. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But, like, like that's up to the maybe, mother or yeah. it's up to the kid to ask mm-hmm. to know. Right. Um, one of the, oh, one, some, one thing I skipped over was Johnny actually went up to Jake's while they were in Graceland right. and Johnny is like, yo man, what's going on? Why aren't you labeling your things? Yeah. What's, what's happening? And he guesses like, wait, you're leaving Graceland, aren't you? And one note, Dale Jake's had a nice damn room. Holy crap. That thing, yeah. that thing looked super awesome. Super safe. That was cool as hell. Um, so yeah, he's, he tells Johnny everything. He tells Johnny about his son. He shows him a picture. Mm-hmm. He tells him about Cassandra. He tells him the story of how they met in El Paso. He got her pregnant. And then when she was pregnant with him, he had this uh, sting operation. I think it was a drug bust or something where he almost died. And he was like, I can't put her or him or my son through that. And that's why he walked away and said that he want, didn't want to be part of the child's life. Mm-hmm. That's some tough stuff right there. It is. And then and- he tells Johnny, you can't tell anyone I'm leaving. Yeah, and then Johnny definitely told everybody, but... No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't tell anyone. He's like, anyone. yeah, Jake's is moving out, and then they no, discuss t- it at the end, and then he's like, oh, um, Z, you're getting his room. No, Johnny doesn't tell anyone before he moves out. He said, don't tell anyone before I'm gone. Oh, and then he's gone, and then he's he gone. told him, ah, okay. And then he, sa- then he says, yeah, he's gone, he moved okay, yeah, out. yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, so Johnny didn't break his promise, but he, he gave him a big old best friend hug. Mm-hmm. He's going to find his best friend, Doug, and then he's going to give him a best friend. Sorry, hangover reference. Um, so, yeah, man, Dale, oh. Dale Jakes is not in a good place yeah. at all. Especially, this is what happens. And now he's kind of on edge after everything emotionally. And he's dealing with this crap with Briggs, with Juan Bedillo, and knowing too much and being a basically an accessory to murder in this respect. Yeah. And not even really a murder. It was self-defense, but he covered it up, which is even – which just any innocence he has is gone. Yeah. He's, he's not in a good place. Plus, he's not in Graceland, so he has no one there to really help him. That's right, yeah. Which – Which he hates anyway, but at the same time, they're exactly. still there. Right, to see if anything does go wrong. All right, so – the the kind of setting for this episode was really to set Paige and Mike up. Mm-hmm. Um, it it really kind of shows that everyone's getting upset with Mike that they have to speed up their cases just so they can jump on the Mike Warren band track right. bandwagon and help him with his case, which are just like I keep see- I, you know what I'm keep thinking about right now. What the the last scene? I'm sorry. Just the last scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding, Steph. All right. I'd take Aaron's shoes, you know, I'd, I'd do that. Like, a, you're um, going to have Paige, I'll have Aaron. All right. Mike. Sounds, sounds great. Sounds great. Paige is, Paige is pretty hot. We get the underwear scene this episode. I mean, she's naked. She, she's so promiscuous this episode. She is. Anyway, so we, we, we see her at a gas station. She's making a, uh, she's making a trade. She gives this guy a van. His name's Finch. Mm-hmm. Um, she warns him, you better not cut him, cut me out, which of course to everyone who's watching the show means this guy's going to cut her out. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> she looks at a camera, sees that it's there, and the next thing we know, she's trying to decipher this audio from this camera, but it's mm-hmm. all messed up. Like, it's You're right. unreadable. Fortunately. Fortunately, Mike decides, hey, I'll help you out, and she says no. And Mike's like, okay, but it's still like a playful, playful thing where she turns down his help. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he go gets it. Then he go gets it. 
so we get we get introduced to let me look for it here because I have it in my notes. But I took like five pages of notes, guys, for this episode because it was so crazy, all over the place—not all over the place writing, but you know what I mean. Um, so it's he takes uh, Paige to the FBI office, and we are introduced to Tony and Chris, who are both women. I love it. Just so you know, um, Chris is an interpreter, and Tony is a mute lip reader, and. Mm-hmm. There we go. He says on the phone that he doesn't need to meet her. Yeah. And that's when Paige is just like, that asshole. Like, he cut me out on the phone right yeah. there. And they say it's Thursday at 4 p.m. Actually, it could be Tuesday. Because Thursday and Tuesday are the same thing when you're talking lips. And then definitely it was Tuesday. Definitely Which was Tuesday. half an hour from the time that they found out. So, here it comes. Mm-hmm. Operation Paige, Mike, and Zelensky. Right? Dude, Zelensky's face when he was checking her out was hilarious. I told and- you. Told you last week. Last yeah. week when Mike and Paige make eye contact and Zelansky's in the background looking over, I'm like, yeah. Zelansky's got a thing for Paige. Yep. And it's funny because this time Mike noticed it and he was like, the hell are you looking at her for? <laughs> I know. Mike's getting all... Dude, Mike's getting cocky. He's getting super cocky. And he's it's getting gonna, cocky. Yeah. He's, hey, I say he's getting cocky. That's what you sounded... You actually sounded a little bit Irish, I feel like, when you oh, said that. Oh, he's getting cocky. Yes. No. Um, okay. Next. No. Next. <laughs> so, uh, basically... That all their, of that goes down. Their 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 goal is to take out the buyer. They mm-hmm. want to wait for the buyer to get there, but of course she knows things with Finch are messed up. So she grabs a pizza, shows up to his front door, looking hot and sexy after getting in her underwear in front of Zelansky and Mike, taking Zelansky's gum. She's such a flirt. Damn it, she's still fine. So she goes up to the door. <laughs> <laughs> she goes up to the door. Francis, <clears throat> who's apparently Finch, I guess Francis and Finch are the same person, of yeah. course. Wearing this hat, he's in the sound booth. He's like rocking the beats out and stuff. Like this dude is just spending drug money on, yeah, his like rap perfection, I guess, whatever it is. And uh, he's got the buyer on the way, and he answers the door and it's like, "Oh, hey." hey. You ever have that moment when like it's like a it's like a guy you're kind of seeing or like a girl you're kind of seeing in my case where they just show up to your door because they know where you live and you're like. Hey. No, if anyone did that, I'd be like, what are you doing? I know. It's I like, did not invite you. Hi. <clears throat> yeah. What's up? And this, it's hey, great because he puts on that face and he knows that he double crossed her too. Mm-hmm. So he's even more pissed off or he's even more like on edge. He's like, yeah, man, check out my new microphone. It's great, bro. Like, check Dude, it and out. With the quickness, he gets his gun. Like, he didn't even have to think twice. Was he about to shoot her or like, no way? I think he was probably going to, like, tie her right. up or something. Yeah. Like that. But he probably would have shot her. When but we're talking about so how much money was in that case, like, yeah. Yeah, but it's just, I'm like, wow, like that? Like, that's so, a lot of work, I feel like. You it, can't just be killing people unless you, like, know exactly how you're going to get rid of the body. So I do want to, well, we're talking about big stuff right here. So I want to I want to throw out some information we received earlier was he was making M-bombs, mm-hmm. which I guess are nitrogen bomb. No, it couldn't be a nitrogen bomb. That's, like, nuclear. But um, anyway, I don't know. I didn't look it up. And but that's what the chemicals were. No, the the chemical was benzyl cyanide. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, and there was like in that truck, there was like five or six barrels, like Breaking Bad size barrels yeah. full of that stuff. So that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, oh, it's like I, I bet I bet N bombs like nerve gas. I bet that's what it is. Okay. Or it's like any a cyanide poison. I'm guessing. Um, also, in that previous scene where they talk about that, we get the second shit of the season. We need, like, a sound drop for that, like, the second S word of the season. I'm going to count every single one I, I hear. I feel like they've said it before. They don't? It's the second one. They had one in the first episode. I know. I saw. I feel like USA gave them one 
S-bomb to drop per episode. Okay, well. Okay, sorry. (laughs) So the operation, uh, she, of course, knows that he's going to try to pull a gun on her because he's not stupid. Mm -hmm. She's like, all right, well, he's here. We're going to tie you up or you're going to do this deal. We're going to split our money. We're going to go our separate ways Mm -hmm. just to make the deal happen because, you know, she knows they're going to bust it down anyway. So the buyer shows up. He's all, like, big man about town. Like, he seemed like a rich Texan dude. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, they go in, they get the guy, they chase him down, she keeps her cover, and Mike Which handcuffs Which confused her. me because Mike goes, manos arriba. He goes, hands up in Spanish. That's fine, yeah. Why? The guy was, uh, he was white. Who was knows? he not white? I mean, who knows? It's drugs. Manos arriba. Manos arriba. <laughs> okay, so that's done. Yeah, so we get that little, we get that little moment where Mike handcuffs her and he's like, yeah, fun with that. Yeah. Let me just handcuff you, baby. Hey, honey. What's up, sweetie? No, he said, he said. Yeah, honey. All right there, sweetie. All right there. there. You two there, sweetie. All right there, sweetie. Did you have fun with that one? She. And she's just like. (laughs) Whatever he did. She's like dumbfounded. She's love struck. Well, she is happy that the case is over. Well, I'm, yeah, she gave him googly eyes, but I don't know what it was about that. Was that, it like she was happy the case was over? That slash. I she was don't like, know. that was hot. Like, not really, because of what, what he said wasn't too spectacular. I don't know. I think it's just the weird. fact that he was like taking charge and Whatever. like handcuffing. Clearly, she was letting us know that, dang, I think he's fine now. That's what it seemed like. And then we definitely find out later. And then right after that, Foster calls Warren, who. This is weird. We get this like. This lady, I don't trust her, kind of. Oh, no, I don't trust her at all. <sighs> <laughs> oh no! I'm just setting stuff off with like randomly throwing in no terrible cholo accent. Okay, go. Okay, anyway, I don't trust her at all. I, I don't trust her at all. She always calls at the randomest times with information that just kind of sets them up. But so she calls her. She calls him. She's like, "Yo, you told me to hit you up if anything about the casa came up. Hey, there's this envelope packing plant that it that a CIA like tipped us off about, you know, like it being a cutting place, which mm-hmm. basically I think what they mean by cutting, if I'm not too out of date on my lingo with drug cartels, is that that's where they take the Coke or they take the heroin, whatever it is, and they cut it into sizes to right. what they're going to sell and they give it to the distributors and things like that. So the, um, the big thing they do is they go to this warehouse. It's like right after this, they're like, all right, let's go to the mm-hmm. warehouse. And they think something's going to be there, and nobody's there. But a goat. But a goat. And a picture with goat poop on it. Yeah, yeah. so what is your what is your thoughts on that? I thought it was brilliant. It was good. Right? Because you know that, like... The goat, well, I'm just saying, because the goat came back, so, like... It was no, it wasn't the same goat. I know. Obviously. As soon as you as soon as you saw the goat, that. you know that it was a message from Arm- point. Alfredo. Yeah, but you know what? It's also worrying. <laughs> the goat wasn't the same goat. Yes, I know that. Okay, with the worrying what? It, it's worrying because it shows how well the cartel can play the FBI and how they can move them exactly where they mm-hmm. want them, like chess pieces. Yeah, he's letting know. Just let you know, we know what's up. Well, it was a, it was an informant. The CI was an informant for the FBI. There's always a rat everywhere. So it was a double-sided rat then. Because whoever whoever informed the FBI of that was told by Alfredo Armas to do that. And that means Alfredo Armas knew who their informant was. Yeah. it's He probably has some guy, like a departed guy in it. Yeah, he's probably got like a cop on his side and stuff like that. Someone he raised. So I, fe- I feel like this is like, I feel like this is kind of like a very subtle way of showing... 
how powerful this guy is mm-hmm. and how he knows how to use the intelligence agencies against one another or to deliver a message, which in which this I case... Which I feel like should have been um, expected, but... It's expected, but this kind of shows it. Right. Like, it kind of enforces it. So we get this uh, we get this picture, and it's of this guy, which at this point in our viewing experience, USA's broadcast of the show kind of got a little bit glitched up, and basically oh, yeah. Sorry, all, our, all our audio was offset by about five seconds to what we were seeing on screen, alongside being glitched out and slowed down. Yeah, so we, even the subtitles were messed up. Yeah, so we missed some lines. We missed probably... But we practiced our lip reading. I know, right? Tony taught us. And we were doing some of this. I can't do it, so I want to. I don't want to insult anyone trying. But yeah, um, so forgive us on this. But like, we're just kind of try to go through it. I think we, we got kind of the enough. gist. Yeah, we got the gist. Go ahead. So, um, yeah. So it turns out it's this guy named Carlito. And let me find where I was talking about this. It's the guy from um. What's that actor's name? I love that actor. He's from like Law and Order. I feel like. Okay, sorry, I messed that up. So the guy in the photo is named Carlos Solano. Yeah. And what they say is like, no, Carlos Solano is like a young guy. Mm-hmm. And then they find out that no, actually, Carlito is the young guy who they think is Carlos Solano. But Carlos Solano is actually his the father. They yep, think it's his father. Course. So Col- Carlito is this guy who they think is running the bus rigs, which brings us back to the first thing with mm-hmm. the lines. So they're the reason the, the hit was out on Mike because Mike was onto the bus lines and it's this car, the Carlos Solano, the Salonary mob are trying to cover their tracks so they don't be found out. So they want to find out who Carlito is and they want to get close to Carlito because the only way to get close, let's send somebody in undercover because that's what this show is. All about. All about it. I want to go undercover so bad. So this is the point. Everyone finds out Jake's moved out. Yeah. Uh, Zelensky gets Jake's room and is going to be Lucky, the guy I looking know. for the buses. Mike takes his room. And I don't know why Mike wouldn't take Jake's room. What an idiot. Because Mike wants his old room. Whatever. He wants his old room so he can bring girls back and they can Sorry, be like, oh, a long time no see. You, you got to get out because we're bringing Jake's back. So basically they find out that he has a connection to this nightclub. Um, where did I write it? down uh i don't remember where what what the nightclub is but they 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 volunteer charlie yes of course because what other excuse to get charlie all dolled up and looking good than to send her to a nightclub Mm -hmm. with johnny yay that was good and charlie was the right person to send because Paige is too like oh i know what i'm doing charlie has more of like that bad girl oh yeah she's bad Charlie looks like she could be in like the drug cartel. Mm-hmm. Like she seems like that Colombiana. Paige chick. is like Paige is like cute Taylor Swift. Charlie's like bad girl Rihanna. Paige can go from cute Taylor Swift to like a little bit like, bad, cracked in hoe, like with the makeup. <laughs> like you've seen it. We saw it last season. Yeah. So like I'm not insulting or saying that. Um. So the nightclub. They see this guy named Esteban. He's a cutter for the for uh, these guys for Carly mm-hmm. for the Solano Mafia. And uh, he's connected, so it's like this is the in, right? You, Charlie got to work her work her lady magic on on yeah. Mister uh, Mister Esteban, which is Spanish for Steven, I think. Correct? Esteban, Esteban, Esteban. Um, and she just can't do it. She like freaks out. The sound goes all weird, which was already weird to begin with for right. us. So we were but like, it was like you... <laughs> and then the closed captioning says sound and goes then it was back foggy to normal. In there, I was like, wait a second, is she like effed up right now? Or are we on drugs? And she's having like a nervous <laughs> breakdown. 
and she backs out. She backs out, and she's like, Johnny, you're going to do it. And then you do it, and then when it falls through the cracks, see who's going to save your ass. I feel like she instantly thought about Jangles. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm capable of doing this. You know, she doubted herself. Definitely. Well, she's getting close to somebody who's like a murderer. Right. Like, that's, Scary. I think, what's, what's Flash, kind of throwing her off. Flashbacks. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's terrible. And then... And then Graceland, Mike's on the phone with Foster, and... Paige opens the door in her little towel, trying to be all cute. Oh, she just came out of the so shower. So seductive. Oh, let me walk in, but leave the door open, which, of course, Mike peeked out. And, oh, she did it so slick, but I just love the way he reacted to it. He was, like, calm, but he's like, dang, Foster, get off the phone. And I just, sorry, never mind, I'm not even getting into it, because it was so hot, and I can't get over it. Eric well, Foster's talking. Foster's talking to him about like, don't get distracted. Stay on course. Stay on course. Like, yeah, Psych. exactly. I'm I, focused. I will. I'm Found focused. The target. Focused on that ass. That's right. Yeah, that banging body and side I tattoo. See you, baby, dropping that towel, inviting me in, <laughs> closing that door. <laughs> the, the the episode ends on Mike closing right. the door, entering the room alongside. Page, which Page of course they made out last it. season, but that's about the extent of it. Now they're about to get it. They about Good. to get down. And you remember Paige last season? We didn't even see her for three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. So like she doesn't leave her door open for nothing. I know. So she that was a little bit inviting. <laughs> it was I know. It was literally like a But she turned around and then dropped it. And he didn't even like bat an eye. He was just like, okay. He's Word. getting cocky. He's confident. He's, he's like, like, I'm going to go in there. I'm super down. He's like, I'm a Graceland tap that. But now we have now we have two couples in Graceland, which, you know, that was kind of like a thing. You so don't sleep sloppy. with people in Graceland. Poor Johnny. He needs a love interest. Graceland, um, writers, producers, let me know. I thought Dale Jakes was Johnny's love interest. No. I'm kidding. No, so we have Briggs and Charlie sleeping together. Now we have Paige and uh, Mikey sleeping together. Yep. And I wonder if we'll see Mikey's old girlfriend making a return because Mikey's back. Oh, God. She was like, for what? Three episodes? We don't need her. Okay. Okay. um, I do want to bring up uh, one more thing. We forgot to mention it, but when when Johnny and Jake's meet in Jake's room and he tells Mm -hmm. him everything. He actually like breaks down Johnny pretty pretty hardcore, and it's it's the same as what we got last episode with um, why can't I remember with Mike talking to Johnny and Johnny kind of feeling right underappreciated and not being able to take the lead on cases and things like that, and Dale just straight up says like, look man, all you are is the head of the TAC unit, and let me let me try to find it here because I know I wrote something down about it that was kind of. Low blows, but that's the thing, though, because they live with each other, so they know the exact things that they're going to be saying so that one can get offended. The whole point here is for to put that person down, like, shut up. If you don't want to shut up, let me shut you up, and I know exactly how to do it. Yeah, he's heading tactical. He's not doing anything. He's not taking cases. Like, how long do you think you want to be in this house mm-hmm. for, all right? So, I mean, that's kind of – it's nailing down Johnny a little bit more because we're going to see Johnny's character take a darker turn soon. It's okay, Poppy. You got it. Don't worry. Shout out to Manny. You guys should follow him on Twitter. Shout out to Brando J. Follow him on Twitter because we'll have him in studio pretty soon because he is a friend of the after show because he's the man. He's Shout the- out to Aaron Tveit because we want Aaron Tveit in studio. Um, and yes, is Aaron Tveit. Thank you for writing on our YouTube and it's correcting. Eight. I know that was so cute. Correcting my pronunciation of this. People were saying that she they think Johnny and Paige would be a good couple. And they would like, be because they're they're fine on the same level. And then also somebody said Mike and Charlie. 
Yeah. Yeah? A little bit. Because you just want Mike with everybody. You I just do. like, if Charlie dropped your towel, Mike would probably go in that room too, though. I yeah. Mean, well, kind not, of. Not kind lie. of Mike and, and Charlie. But, no. Uh, I don't know. Um, let me just look through here and make sure we didn't forget anything, because I think we I think we pretty much covered it. Absolutely. I don't trust Foster. I don't trust that FBI girl in Washington. I just What are your predictions then? Alright, well let's go ahead and get into predictions. predictions. And now your after buzz for TV. Oops. Predictions. Alright. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I don't know. I couldn't even. Well, I'm not gonna go off the previews because we could barely see it and we heard nothing. So this is all based off of just this episode alone. Um, I think that Paige and well, you know what? I don't know what's gonna go on there, but whatever. I'm wondering if Jake's will come back actually. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe he'll come back, and then Briggs is going to get caught up by Charlie, and that's going to blow something else up. Or Charlie's going to get go into it further, or she's going to have a breakdown because of this other guy. Huh. Okay, so character to character, I think. Uh, so we see Johnny's with Carlito. Johnny meets Carlito. Um, I hope Johnny doesn't get caught up in some ish. I think Johnny's in is going to be something along the lines of weapons dealing. I think that's probably going to be his in. Um, oh, sorry. Mike's going too fast. Mike's trying to rush things too much along, so we might see some dangerous things happen. It might be putting people in danger by him trying to rush mm-hmm. things. Or maybe he'll get brought down to Earth once he gets what he... Once somebody dies. No. Um, Johnny's, no, Johnny... No, once he smashes Paige. Mm, that's going to make him more cocky. So we see a scene of Johnny dueling Carlito and Carlito turning around and aiming at Johnny without mm-hmm. him looking. And then we see Mike like, <gasps> and yeah. I, I think that's kind of like a, his face of anguish is actually like a sigh of relief in that scene. I think it's going to be oh, okay. Johnny's like, okay. And Mike was like about to drop the hammer on it. Turn around, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's what's going on there. I think Jake's has set down a kind of bad road. I think we're going to. Honestly, I think we'll see Jake's a little bit next episode, and then I don't think we'll see him for two or three episodes, and I think he'll come back in a moment. In a, like a new, different thing, whether it be super great or not. I think he'll come back to kind of save Briggs's ass, but I also think it's also going to be because of Briggs that he comes back. Um, God, I hope he doesn't even just... I hope he's just here the whole time. I, I hope so. Um, Paige and Mike, it's just going to be like, they're going to be regretting it the next day. That's what's going to happen. Oh, She's going to be a gosh. flake. She's going to be a flip-flopper. They're going to regret it. The next scene's going to be like a little bit after they've woken up or in bed. Yeah. Like it's going to open like that next week. Charlie's going to be uh, freaking out a little bit more. She's going to get therapy. She's probably going to open up to somebody else that's not Briggs. And then some and then other I also things think, are going to unravel. I think Briggs. Okay, so we forgot to mention this during the after show. But we get the tape playing. Oh, right. In, in the car. Oh, my goodness. And then, yeah, the guy puts it in his uh, glove compartment. Yeah, he puts it in the glove compartment. We hear what's on the tape, but we haven't heard the whole tape. And I guess you're are, right. Yeah, so um, he I don't puts know. it in his glove or, compartment. So with that real quick, though, either one, he just says that it's, like, fake, or the second he heard it, he knew exa- like he knew that it wasn't fake and just was, like, to in order to get the tape, told the kids that it was fake. Yeah, maybe. Like, I, I feel like he might take it to someone and be like, look what my kids found, blah, blah. Yeah, he might. So we, we actually... He kinda, did you see his look? He kind of knows what's up. Yeah, yeah, he seemed like he might be a cop. So that's that's what I kind of thought from him. 
Um, we don't know much from that, though. Uh, I believe that the tape is going to come to light. Briggs is going to be out in the open with this. Like, people are going to find out a little bit. And I feel like Juan Badillo's wife's going to find out who Briggs is. is because yeah. she's going to recognize the voice from the... T- she's going to hear the tape and recognize oh, both voices. No. From her husband and from this persona Briggs is putting on. I know the second voice. That's I how just it's... I met him. That's, oh, my <laughs> God. That's how it's going to go. She's going to hear... The, they're going to put it on the radio or something, if you have any information related to this, she's going to hear it and she's going to lose her crap. Oh my gosh, maybe. She, she's going to be know. the only person who knows both voices so well. Let us know what y'all think. Um, my God. I'll start. Go ahead and find me on Instagram at g 47 and on Twitter at StephanieGeorgie, G-I-O-R-G-I, right on the bottom there. Hey guys, uh, I'm Stephen Lemieux. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux. It's right here, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and... Uh, predictions Whatever about Graceland. Whatever it is, and we'll talk to you all next week. And you'll week. also see me on the MasterChef After Show and Californication After Show. Thank you so much. We'll see you for Graceland Season 2, Episode 3, next week. See ya! From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 